By accessing this podcast, the user and or audience acknowledges that while Serenade highly respects the speaker and or speakers and has high regard for their knowledge and integrity, Serenade makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information and or opinions featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. Welcome to Serenade Snacks, your favorite podcast where we discuss trending immigration topics, events, experiences, and other legal news. Join us every week for the latest in the immigration world to discuss the status with the brightest minds in the industry. Now, here are your hosts, Shake and Ray. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Serenade Snacks. Today, we welcome Dr. Joseph A. Connell Sr. of the Connell Immigration Law Group. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us today, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ray. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Awesome, awesome. Now, for those uh, tuning in, uh, Dr. Connell is the founder and senior immigration attorney for the Connell Immigration Law Group. He is a first-generation American whose parents came to the U.S. from Barbados and the Dominican Republic. He was raised to believe that America represents the crossroads where work, faith, and persistence come together to yield success and make the American dream a reality. His firm prepares family-based petitions, adjustment of status applications, consular processing, removal of conditions on residence petitions, citizenship applications, fiancé visas, and immigration waivers. They also petition for victims abused by spouses who are U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Dr. Connell is admitted to practice before the United States Supreme Court, New Jersey Supreme Court, the District of Columbia Court of Appeals, United States District Court, Federal District of New Jersey, and the United States District Courts, Eastern and Southern Districts of New York, as well as the Executive Office for Immigration Review. He graduated from the City University School of Law in New York, has earned a doctoral degree in psychology, and is an ordained minister with over 30 years of ministry experience. He is a member of AILA, the New Jersey State Bar Association, and is a trustee of the Camden County Bar Association of New Jersey. Dr. Connell is also a co-chairman of the Immigration Law Committee for the Camden County, New Jersey Bar Association, a member of the Christian Legal Society, and a college professor teaching at the graduate level. He has conducted numerous classes in various venues and discussed immigration issues on television and radio programs and talk shows. Uh, anything to add to that impressive resume? <laughs> well, first of all, you're most kind, and thank you for your gracious and detailed interview. Um, I notice you call me Dr. Connell. Please feel free to call me Joseph. Um, I'm referred to as Dr. Connell through my work as a psychologist. I gotcha. do a lot of work with uh, with uh, fellow professionals and with people suffering with post-traumatic stress and uh that sort of thing. So that's where the doctorate comes in. But uh, please feel free to call me Joseph. Gotcha. 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 Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, this is Shake here. Um, as you know, uh, we as an industry and as a nation, uh, we're still dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, how, how do you manage social distancing at the office? Well, when this first started, uh, what we did was we allowed many of our staff members to work from home alternate locations and uh, 
We do, when, when we are in the office, we practice social distancing. Everybody wears our masks. We all look like we're about to rob a train sometime. <laughs> um, and, uh, but we uh, conduct most, if not all of our interviews. Well, I would say most of our interviews with clients are either by Zoom or FaceTime for their comfort as well as safety. Gotcha. Yeah, same here. We're we're all uh, working remotely, trying to trying to get through this. Now, the reason we invited you today is to discuss the Violence Against Women Act, uh, which turned twenty six this year, uh, since it became law on September 13, nineteen ninety four. Could you please give us some historical background of this act in general? How did it become about? Well, you know, this act is a true blessing. Um, VAWA, as it's called, V A W A, the Violence Against Women Act was uh, enacted as part of the Violence Control, Crime Control Act of 1994, which was the first piece of real federal legislation designed to assist foreign national victims of domestic violence. It was also amended in 20, uh, 2005 to include a broader range of victim applicants. Uh, for example, in the beginning, it only uh, covered American citizens, but it was expanded to cover uh, spouses, children, and parents of uh, permanent residents as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and that was going to be my next question, actually, uh, because uh, from, a, from an immigration standpoint, I wanted to ask you, whom is it for and, and how does it affect them? Well, if you don't mind, I think it might be helpful for us to, first of all, define, define excuse me, what domestic violence is. It's a pattern of behavior where one intimate partner or spouse threatens and, or abuses the other partner. That abuse may take the form of physical harm, forced sexual relations, emotional manipulation, which includes isolation and intimidation, and economic and or immigration-related threats. Uh, while most recorded instance, instances of domestic violence including involve men abusing women or children, it can also be that men are the victims of domestic violence uh, by U.S. citizen female spouses, and this is an underreported uh, crime mm -hmm. and issue. Mm -hmm. Now, the Violence Against Women's Act was designed to protect male and female foreign national victims from uh, uh, battery and extreme cruelty, physical or emotional, psychological uh, abuse uh, from, as I had mentioned previously, U.S. citizen or permanent resident spouses, parents or children over 21 years old by allowing them to self-petition for legal status, uh, permanent residents in the United States without the participation, cooperation or knowledge of their United States citizen or legal permanent residents, abusive spouses. Hmm. And for these uh, individual clients who are, who are going through this, uh, what are the requirements that must be met in order to be eligible for this uh, petition? Well, well, first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, no one has to prove that there existed a lawful relationship. In other words, uh, that they were legally married to the abusive spouse or they were a child of the abusive spouse or uh, being victimized by an abusive child over 21, a parent being victimized by an abusive child over 21. This also applies to same-sex relationships as well. Uh, so so are, are there any bars of adjustment or uh, grounds of inadmissibility for this type of petition? Well, for this type of petition, the, the, the one bar that jumps out at me is if a person is not of good moral character. 
and they have to prove that they've been living and residing with the with the spouse for for the period uh, at least some portion of the duration uh, some portion of the abusive period mm -hmm. and even if they were forced to leave or divorced or if the abusive spouse even died they're eligible eligible to apply within two years of the parting of the relationship or the death of the abusive spouse so how do you help um, your clients how do your firm help clients uh, apply well uh first of all we we meet with the client and we definitely do our best to place them at ease to re and help them to realize that this is a safe area for them to apply, that both the United States government as well as my offices will not and cannot share information uh, related to a protected person until the identity of the requester or information is verified. And that person's authorization to know or receive protected information is also established. You know, um, such information must be confirmed before any information is given. Mm -hmm. As such doc, you know, before any documentation or updates are provided to the case. We do not share the client's information. They're kept in, in my office, they're kept in a special file area and uh, it is secure. So there is no errors uh, because we have had situations where the abusing spouse has found out and tried to contact this office to get information about the case. And uh, we do not, we do not share such information with anyone. We, we don't even acknowledge the the existence of the petition. Gotcha, gotcha. Which, yeah, one of my follow up questions. Now, as far as from the USCIS part, uh, I know you touched on how your firm uh, protects the the individual. Is there anything from the USCIS to protect uh, the client's uh, confidentiality? USCIS has very strict guidelines when it comes to this. In fact, they won't even talk to the attorney unless the attorney submits written verification. They will not provide any telephone information unless it's clearly established that the person uh, that is requesting the information is either counsel or the abused uh, spouse. And that is rather difficult to do over the phone. So they basically say write in for everything. Gotcha, gotcha. And what about family members of VAWA-based uh, principal applicants? Are they also eligible to apply for benefits as in some other family cases, or is it exclusively reserved for the principal applicant? I wouldn't say it's exclusively preserved. I would say that that uh, spouses and former spouses of abusive uh, U.S. citizens or lawful permanent residences, residents uh, may apply um, if they, like I said, were married uh, and, and lived in the house, cohabited with the abusing spouse for a period of time, or if the marriage or uh, was dissolved within two years of the application, prior to two prior years of the application, mm -hmm. or the uh, abusing spouse died within two years of the application. Children of the abusive uh, 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 citizen or permanent resident may file before turning age 25 and a non-citizen parent of an abused non-citizen child, even if the non-citizen parent is not a, him or herself abused, may apply. And non-citizen spouses who are children, whose children are abused by the child's other U.S. citizen parent or lawful permanent resident are may also be eligible to apply. Mm, gotcha. Now, do they also submit the same kind of documents as a principal applicant or different ones to uh, the principal? Well, they must be included in the initial application, which is an I-360 special immigrant application. Um, if they go to apply for, if the, the marriage is based on uh, cohabiting with a United States citizen, 
uh, they are going to file an application to adjust status, but each uh, qualifying beneficiary must apply for their own application to adjust uh, status. It's a separate application. And, and as far as the benefits are concerned, for example, uh, in many family-related uh, adjustments of status, uh, the applicants uh, are eligible for employment authorization and advanced parole documents uh, almost by default, as, in my, as far as my knowledge is concerned. Is it, is it the same for VAWA-based applicants too? Are they eligible for employment um, authorization and advanced parole? Uh, they are eligible to apply for employment authorization once a prima facie case is for a prima facie case um, for the receipt of benefits, which would be the uh, provisional approval of the I-360 has been established. Uh, they can apply. There are three ways they can get it. They can get it through deferred action, through adjustment of status, or through the actual I-360 of itself. Uh, as far as advanced parole is concerned, that's another matter. I never encourage my clients to travel during the pendency of an I-360 application because, first of all, um, that is a pending application, not an approved application, and they leave themselves open to uh, whatever government bars that may exist for them coming, returning to the country. So they may actually apply, leave the country thinking that they have the right to travel and not be able to get back in. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So for, for the client out there listening to this podcast and uh, who are potentially eligible for this kind of petition but might not know about it, how could they contact you for assistance with their cases? Well, I am available. Um, I have a website, uh, which is www.c, as in cat, i as in ida, law.net. Um, my email address is jconnell, the letter J, connell, C-O-N-N-E-L-L, at cilaw.net. And uh, my phone number, my direct phone line, is uh, area code 856 778 0590. I'll repeat that. 856-778-0590. I have a policy within my firm that we return all calls and emails within one business day. So if I miss your call, I definitely will be getting back to you. That's, uh, that's excellent. That's great. Um, so for the final and most important question, uh, our show is called Serenade Snacks, which means one thing. What is your favorite snack? <laughs> okay, you're bound to get me in trouble with this one. I am a fiend for French fries. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> hey, a good that's, choice. It's a classic. Don't worry. Anything said on this podcast is uh, we have confidentiality confidentiality agreements here, so we won't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, well then I'll admit my second my second favorite um, my second favorite snack is tostones. Tostones, wow. That's hey, that's I've had tostones. Uh those are pretty good. <laughs> Bien duro, señor. Bien duro. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if anything's going on in the house and they want to put me in good humor, yeah. they'll prepare French fries for me or, or alternatively uh bring me a nice plate of tostones. Gotcha. Yeah, I grew up I grew up in South Florida, so yeah, we I feel like you go to every restaurant and they have tostones. <laughs> so 
those are definitely listen if if everyone had tostones or 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 french fries a plate of french fries i don't think we'd have any world war i think there'd be peace all over the place (laughs) everyone would be too busy eating we'd have friendly debate uh debates and everything (laughs) oh gosh yes yes when anyone gets out of hand just give them a plate of french fries they'll shut right up and get busy (laughs) the world would be a better place (laughs) absolutely um any, any final words Well, I just want to thank you uh, for having me once again on today. And it's been a pleasure to speak with the both of you. And, um, you know, this is this VAWA situation. It's interesting. A lot of times people feel that only women can apply under this act. Um, And I've gotten several men approved under the Violence Against Women's Act. So it is something that that is eligible to both genders. And there may even be possibilities if we cannot prove cohabitation. You know, there are other visas that might be available for as for victims of human trafficking Mm. or that sort of thing um, that we can use. There might be alternatives and it always is a good idea to consult with an experienced immigration attorney before filing any of these petitions. Don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Find a good immigration attorney and uh, proceed. Hmm. I see. Now you use e-immigration by Serenade, correct? I have been an e-immigration user from time you guys used to give it out on CD. And it was ELA. Yeah, and that's... I was with you through each iteration and trans translation of the uh, of the program. As a as a person who runs an immigration law practice and um, and working from home, efficiency is everything. And I find that using e immigration has saved me both time and aggravation. As far as create as cre- generating immigration forms a concern, and my clients find some comfort in using it, being able to participate in the process by completing their own questionnaires. And it gives me a roadmap as to how to even complete a questionnaire in order to adequately uh, fill out a form. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Well, Joseph, uh, it was a pleasure having you on our podcast. Uh, We thank you for attending and hope to have you again soon. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'd appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to the Serenade Snacks Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow Serenade on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at serenade.com. That's C-E-R-E-N-A-D-E.com. Until next time, snack on.